You are listening to the Little Piece of Paper Podcast. I'm your host, John, Jay, and Jiffy, and I'm joined today by my buddy, Alec. What's up? And this is actually our first podcast. We wanted to get a few in before we uh, went into our game of the year, which we plan to do on January 1st, when it will be recorded. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about uh, Firewatch, which is a game we recently both have played. So, Alec, I'm going to let you uh, kick it off with your thoughts first. Um, my thoughts overall was it's a very interesting game, especially if you like uh, solo style, very solitary, um, good-looking games. Although, albeit a bit cartoony, it was still a very good-looking game. If you like uh, story-driven games that have a lot of uh, dialogue options as well as stuff like that, it, it should be a fun experience for you. It was a fun experience for me. You know, you, all right, you want to know what it really reminded me of, the like the art style? It really reminded me of... TF2, just how it looked. Like the That's true. It did have a, a TF2 um, drawing style or um, graphical feel to it. It was actually fitting for the game, if I'm honest. Yeah, it really, you know, every time I looked at uh, Henry's hands, I always thought I was looking at the engineer's hands. Because that's, that's yeah, just what it reminded me of. He's got kind of a, if you did actually manage to look at the picture he had on his, uh, his desk there in his uh, tower... He looks like a rather burly fellow, and his what lack where what little you did see of him, it, it looked like his arms and legs matched pretty well. Yeah, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it actually. I uh, I'm glad I got the chance to play it. So yeah, it it was definitely a fun experience. It's a lot better than I expected it to be. I figured I would because everyone was saying the the ending was very anticlimactic, but I I felt Which, like I mean it was, but it was kind of right, but. They're leaving it off where it could be. They could honestly pick it back up if they wanted to later. True, but there also wasn't really many ways they could have ended the game in like a big fashion. True. Well, they were building up the story a lot bigger than the ending was. Yeah, but but they 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 concluded what they were building up to. Because I'm not trying to give away any spoilers for any of the listeners who are looking to go to play the game after this. But I I feel like they uh they they were building up this story. They concluded it, and then they were like, "Well, shit, we got to go somewhere from here. So we'll just end it this way." Of course, for two people just kind of in the woods, it it was a very interesting story. Yes, I, I really I really enjoyed the story. You know, and I usually don't play, you know, solitary single player games like that, but the it was highly recommended, so I, I thought I'd give it a shot. So. And the dialogue too, the voice acting was extremely um well done. Yeah, it was it was very realistic. It was, you know, down to earth real. It was how two people would talk in that sort of a situation. It wasn't forced. Right. It was very lax, natural, and it really just, it, it all flowed together, whichever dialogue selection you picked. Yeah. So. Which they also had, for some dialogue, not very many choices, but also they had ones with many choices, <coughs> which the diver- the diversity was actually quite well, well thought out. Yeah. Uh, there's another game, uh, Oxenfree. That my uh, my my lab teacher was telling me to play. That uh, they, she said it's another four or five hour game that you could play. That it's it's like Firewatch. Mm-hmm. That it's you know, it's just one of those single player games that you sit down and play. 
So I I haven't looked into it at all, but that might be the next move before the end of the year. Yeah, and so. speaking of sit down and play, um, Firewatch. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. It's not it's not a very easy game to stop playing once you start. So it's it's very nice that it's short enough that you can play all the way through. Right, because there's there's no real good break point. The That's true. Because I mean, sorry to cut you off, but if you were to stop in the middle of something it, it tend to have a lot of cliffhangery feels to it when you got to the end of a day or you know uh, a big uh, fiasco happened it, it definitely kept you on the edge of your seat for a walking simulator that's pretty good right the, and another thing i really liked it had a giant map that i really enjoyed i even though my sense of direction is horrible in video games it was such a nice map, and I didn't mind getting lost and walking around until it came to the end of the game when it really mattered, and I was shit out of luck. But it That's was a, true. it was a very nice, clean, big map, and I was surprised on the size and scale of the game. And it's speaking of sense of direction, it's weird. In real life, I have zero sense of direction, but in that game, I felt it very easy to navigate my way around but that that could be because um my dad drilled into my head how to read maps as well as use compass compasses so i mean that's pretty good yeah and i didn't have that so yeah it it does just come down to if you're able to read maps you will have an easier time navigating but even if you can't you'll still enjoy just the vastness of the game in a whole yeah i the only thing i didn't like is the unrealistic you know, barriers that they had. Like, you had rocks that were only came up to your knees, but you're like, eh, nope, can't do it. And then you had, you you could climb rock walls or yeah, get, you could, get over you something could climb that's up full twice your size. Which, so. of course, the game has to have some boundaries. Right. Know? But that, that, that's just one of my few gripes besides the ending. I would say Firewatch overall, I would give it an 8 or a 9, and it's definitely going to make it onto my top 5 this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it either a really high 7 or a medium 8 if I had to really question the uh, overall enjoyment of the game. Yeah, it, it kept me entertained all the way through. So. Yeah. But. So. Yeah, I, I really, I was surprised on how much I actually enjoyed it, because I thought I would I was going to stop playing it in about the middle or so, and then put it down and I wouldn't come back to it. But then, once I actually started playing and I picked it up, and I was like, alright, so this is what's happening. I, I was very surprised I was not able to put it down. Well, it's also, the story is absolutely flawless for... You know, for, how short of a game it right, actually is. For a four and a half hour, because it, it it took me a good four and a half hours to beat it, give or take. It, yeah. And it, it, for a four and a half hour walking simulator, yeah, the story is fantastic. I'm surprised in how good it was. And I give props to developers who I'm drawing a blank now on who it was. I couldn't tell you. Time to do some research. Uh, Campo Santo. And they did a fantastic job. With, uh, with I the remember story. also um, Panic Incorporated or something along with it that uh, I thought was rather comical, but still, still a I don't know. That was just another one of the developers. But I did in, uh, enjoy the fact that the game made you feel a sense of uh, p 
panic in certain situations as well as a sense of pride for things that you did. Or It, it definitely had a very good way of pulling on your emotions and uh, your morals and such. Yeah. yeah I'm surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm reading a bit about it now. It was published for everything but Xbox One being Linux, Windows, and Mac, and PlayStation back in February, but it didn't come to Xbox until September of this year. Yeah, which is weird, because I wouldn't consider it an indie game, but indie games were extremely popular on Xbox 360. I know that. So yeah. I feel like it it would have had a big following for it, which I don't know if it does now, but I, I'd certainly recommend it to other people Yeah, uh, to play it if they enjoy that type of game. Oh, and absolutely. even if you don't, it's still worth taking a look at since the price tag on it's not ridiculously high or anything right yeah it's it's only 20 bucks you know 20 bucks and some change on xbox so yeah, it's so, it's mean, definitely you, worth it yeah if you have if you have the the 20 bucks just to kind of burn on it it'll be it'll be an enjoyable four hours for you right and you and you can do it you know because uh mcfadden from the uh from the rumble pack he uh he said he plays it with uh, with my lab teacher, and it's it, you can almost play like a couch co-op game, it's just passing the controller back and forth. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's an overall recommendable game. So yeah, and it's very quirky with its humor and all that. But of course, if you don't like strong language, um, I wouldn't recommend playing the game because at the points where it does escalate it does have rather vulgar language right in the quote-unquote nudity so well the, you look awesome you know yeah <laughs> that the the quotes and the quirky little um phrases in the game were, were absolutely wonderfully done out yeah it, it's definitely how i would you know the reason i bought the game is when i bought when i watched the trailer we um yeah well, because we watched it together. I honestly, you know, that's... I thought, you know, that's exactly what I would do yeah, in that situation, yeah. so... And, of course, with the multiple dialogue options, it can easily pertain to anyone's personality. Right. To an extent, of course. Yeah, but it, to an it, extent. It could, it could easily pertain to what most people would say. Yeah. But, overall, Firewatch, definitely a recommendable game. Uh, I, I would give it a... A high eight or a low nine definitely makes it onto my top five, if not an honorable mention of the year. So whenever yeah. we all get together to do our uh, our top fives or top ten or whatever we decide to do, yeah. So, but yeah, definitely recommendable. Uh, so how about VR? What do you, what do you um, think? Where do you think that's going? I don't know, but I still had more on over or firewatch if we do want to talk about our experience in it or if we don't want to spoil anything it's uh, up to you. I, I'd, I'd rather avoid spoilers actually we can talk about it more at the end if um yeah we can talk about it more towards the end so if you want to hear more about firewatch's spoilers we can uh just at the end of the video the yeah and if you don't it, click off we're gonna give you a spoiler warning so yeah. So, what do you, what do you, where do you think VR is going? Because I think it's going to die off. I think that there's a high chance that there are a few companies, such as first-person shooters, and such like that, that 
will try and take it and run with it, and they'll either be a, a huge success or a big flop. But for right now, it's just such a temperamental thing with people having motion sickness as well as graphics not being the easiest thing and motion tracking not being the easiest thing that it's it's still a very temperamental system at the at the moment yeah i i honestly think that companies like oculus and uh oculus htc and uh samsung they're all just kind of there i think the only one that's really going to keep through the you know it'll last through would be the PlayStation VR and Sony because I think they've done that in Google Cardboard because I mean it's easy everyone nowadays has a smartphone and it's yeah. it's cardboard you can get a hold of it for probably like five bucks on eBay or something like that if that of course yeah honestly if that but I, I feel like those are the only two that's gonna survive the fire that once VR starts to die off I think that the PlayStation VR, like the new, the new Arkham, the Batman Arkham experience, I think that looks amazing. I, I really wish I still had a PlayStation to play that, but at the same time, I don't feel like I would dive my money into VR because I, I honestly didn't enjoy the VR experiences I had. So, yeah. there, there was also, um, there's also the factor of movie companies possibly taking virtual reality and running with it since. Um, being in the first-person point of view of the protagonist or antagonist would be very interesting. There was a movie, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it, but there was a movie that did that. Um, I don't know if it came out early this year or late last year, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, the uh, Hardcore Henry movie? Is that what you're I think of? so. It, was, it had a secret agent vibe to it. Yeah, the one where it was all in first-person. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the movie. That That'd be something that I'm sure some people might enjoy um, in virtual reality. Yeah. Just so it kind of feels more more or less like you're actually the guy instead of someone in a theater looking through the eyes of a guy. So. But, uh, I don't see that, that movie, I still have, I didn't care to see it because I felt, I felt like I, it just wouldn't be an, an enjoyable experience for me. You know, I feel like it would just give me a headache. But I, I feel like that if they start doing that more towards that, it would be... It, I feel like someone down the line is going to try and copy that. I feel like they're going to say, look, we can do this too. And they're going to make a movie. Because I feel like, I think Hardcore, Hardcore Henry was rather successful. Was it? Um, yeah, I got a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 49% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, so I mean, it's not a bad movie. It's I mean, we're not talking Batman and Robin bad. It, it was like one of those average movies that you'll either watch and enjoy or watch and you'll have mixed feelings about. Right. It had the uh, the guy from uh, f oh, shit. What's the name of that guy? He was from District Nine, and he uh, played Murdoch on uh, the eight. He the. Mad Murdock on the new A-Team movie. I forgot, I forget his name. He is such a good actor, too. Uh, British accent, bald head. Yeah, Char or, uh, Charlto Copley is his name. Yeah, I know. You're, he was in, what was that one movie called? Uh, Chappie. Oh, I don't remember. You thinking about... Not Chappie. Uh, it, it was another, it was a comedy secret agent movie. He's in a lot of secret agent movies, if I had to be honest with you. Yeah. But it was a, it was a comedy secret agent movie, and it had that... One uh, heavier set female actor is the main um, spy. Role in it. Is it spy? Oh my god, it was spy. It was such an easy name. I was just drawing a blank on it. Was it he was in spy. spy though? Yeah, he was. 
He was a side character, but he was a stupidly funny side character. Because he's not... Because uh, I'm on his IMDb, IMDb page, and he's not on... Actually, let me go to Spy, because maybe he's just uncredited. I thought he was in Spy. I know I saw him in a Secret Agent movie with a heavier... Yeah, it was Spy. I think. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think he was, but I mean, I could be wrong. Are you thinking about Jason Statham? Um, maybe. He's got a shaved head, and he's British. Yeah, you're thinking of Jason Statham. He's, uh... Okay, then, yeah, I'm thinking of the wrong guy, then. I think he's Irish, if I'm honest. Regardless. Regardless, he's got an accent. Yeah. And he plays in a lot of secret agent movies. Yeah, you're thinking of Jason Statham. Okay, then, yeah, wrong. I, I Charlton, don't know movies. Charlton Copley, he, he's not in very many movies. He's only been credited for 18 acting gigs on IMDb. If, yeah, okay. And then Jason Statham's over here with 45. But anyway, we're, we're rambling we're off topic. Off, we're going off tangent, yeah. <clears throat> what was our last topic before we hit movies? VR. It was VR. Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't know about VR. It's either gonna. There's. I don't think there's gonna be much of a middle ground. It's either gonna pick up or die, um, very quickly. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, by the way, just segueing into another topic. Speaking of uh, augmented reality, did you hear that uh, the second gen Pokemon are rumored to come to Pokemon Go tomorrow? Uh, I did not know that. No. So. Um, yeah, but with Pokemon Go and the, the second gen coming out, it's a good idea for the people who still play it, but um, you and me and our circle of friends seem to have uh, at least lost the will to play it as much as we did, because I know we were huge fans of it when it came out. Yeah. Oh, it, uh, it, uh the Mary Sue said Niantic finally makes an official announcement about a new Pokemon coming to Pokemon Go. Okay. Uh, let me... Give this a quick scan. <coughs> uh, basically, it says that they're just saying they will reveal more details on December 12th. Okay. So, uh, but I do know for a fact tomorrow that all Starbucks are going to be become Pokestops and gyms because they just signed a fat contract with them. About Pokestops and and gyms at the same time, or just some are going to be gyms and some are going to be Pokestops. Because I feel like that would clutter the servers stupidly if they were both at the same time. Yeah. Plus, with the questionable um, UI, um, it could make things very difficult. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I still sometimes open Pokemon Go, because to this day, I'm still determined to catch a Ditto. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't really... I have a... I, I'm going to try and have a more unbiased opinion here about it. Um, if you in, if you get out a lot and you enjoy Pokemon, as in getting out, um, you walk instead of drive, um, it would be a very nice game to just kind of leave open if you have the battery life on your phone. Right. If you've got the... I'm sorry to cut you off, but if you've got a newer, newer phone, like the iPhone 7 or the 7 Plus or the Galaxy S7, you know, you can leave your phone open because your battery is still basically brand new. 
And, you know, I feel like, you know, the... If you live in a more rural area, and not like where we do in the middle of nowhere, yeah. I, I feel like it would be a very... It'd be a good game if you get out and walk, like you said, so... It's a little bit more um, pointed towards people who live in cities and towns, or allotments like that, since it's rather difficult to find stuff in rural areas due to the spawning. But um, right, in the uh, they they've messed with the nearby tracker again. You no longer have any sightings. You have what Pokemon are near a Pokestop. So if you're like us and there's no Pokestops for a good five miles, y you just don't see Pokemon that are on your nearby tracking list. Excuse me. Yeah, but so they're just making it harder and harder for people to find stuff. That's fun. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It, it, it's probably not more uh, pointed towards farmers or people who live in farmer area. Right. So us. But, yeah, Pokemon Go, I, I, I really wish I could still play it, but I, I just don't have the drive to anymore. Because, we, you know, I dove hours upon hours into Pokemon Go. I bet you I have probably over 100 hours just, just playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, well, of course, um, all of us played it quite a lot, um, our circle. Um, but it did kind of die rather suddenly for us. Right. Which, I mean, it's not poking that the game is bad, it's just kind of poking that... Um, it gets old quick. D depending on if you actually enjoy that type of game. It just became kind of difficult for me, since my phone doesn't have a good amount of storage on it. Right. That I couldn't really afford to keep it on there, or I could only have just that and nothing else. Right, the same with Hearthstone. Yeah, but Hearthstone's definitely more of a computer-driven game. Yeah. But, you know, I, the thing is, though, I really wish I could have kept playing it, because now I just feel like those trips with uh, Mike down to Columbus were all for nothing. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, and the fact that, they, that they, it was so easy to cheat in that game was depressing, too. Was it easy? Uh, define cheating in that game. Um, GPS spoofing. Because, you know, once the game had died, I started doing it because I wanted to fill out my Pokedex. Fair. So, you know, I still had the, the, the Note 4, so it was easier than being on an iPhone doing it. Yeah. So I, I started just filling up my Pokedex... And I said, you know, fuck it. So. Of course, yeah, if you do it um, in sort of the quote-unquote easy way, such as the GPS spoofing, then I can see how the drive of the game would just go away. But also, if you were like um, me and Bridge, who didn't really get out much, or had the drive to be on their phone constantly whilst they were out, then the, the will to play the game does just kind of decline. Right. So, I don't know. But. <laughs> I kind of wish I knew what they were still doing with Pokemon games since I had gotten rid of my only means to play them. I don't know where they're actually running to. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious too because now I've gotten rid of two 3DSs because I don't really care to play anything but Pokemon. Yeah. And I figured I'll just play it whenever I feel like it and if i if i really want to i'll just watch a playthrough yeah and i i feel like pokemon is honestly starting to run out of its 
uh, enjoyment value due to the fact that you know they're they're starting to get a little desperate on their design ideas for Pokemon. Right. So but I mean, I feel like almost every Pokemon game is the same though nowadays. Well, I mean, they they kind of have to have it similar because you know you've got the main protagonist, the the enemy team or whatever you call them, such as Aqua and Magma from the older games, uh, and then you've also got you know the same story. Well, I mean, Pokemon has always had the same story though. You fight all the gyms and then Elite Four, and then that's it. You're a Pokemon trainer. There, there's really not much you can do with it but change dialogue and characters. Pretty much, yeah. So I, I feel like Pokemon could possibly take a dive soon, but I mean, I don't know. With the older consoles or older handheld consoles becoming harder and harder to find, um, <clears throat> it, it's kind of difficult for the newer generations of kids who want to play Pokemon to actually play the the older ones, like the original um, Pokemons. Right, and I, you know, I still have my Game Boy from when I was a kid, and I still play Pokemon from that, from time and time again. So, I mean, I, yeah, I'm I, glad I still have it. Yeah, I mean, the the original Pokemons, like, when it was fresh out, I remember um, my first Pokemon game. It was, it was a very enjoyable experience for me. Oh, of course. But the thing is, though, I never played a Pokemon game till about six or seven years ago. Because I, I, you know, I... Never, I never really, because I, you know, I had friends who they would watch the show, but no one I ever interacted with really played the games. They just watched yeah. the 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 Pokemon show. Yeah, I, I was one of those more of a fan kid. I'd wake up um, every day I could and watch. Uh, I think it came on on Saturdays. I'd wake up and watch it every chance I got, or I'd I'd make an effort to watch it at least. And um, I also played the the games on my handheld. I remember being in um, in a game surge. I think um, just sitting there staring at a Game Boy, begging my mother for a, a Game Boy and Pokemon Blue. And I just played the absolute hell out. No, I think actually my first Pokemon was Fire Red version and Leaf Green version. And I remember playing the absolute heck out of that. I loved it so much. Yeah, my first Pokemon experience was uh, it was Sapphire actually. Yeah. My, well, my first traditional on a handheld was Sapphire, because I think I because I played with an emulator on my phone or my iPod or whatever I had then. The uh, and I I think I played either Fire Red or um it was either Fire Red or I think it was Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. Now, if I'm honest, I actually think Johnny was the one who got me into Pokemon. Really? Yeah, because I I remember back in the good old days when um. I had a GameCube, or he had a GameCube. One of us had a GameCube, and we were playing Pokemon on that with the attachment or whatever it was that you uh, were able to do that. And I remember thinking it was the coolest fucking thing I'd ever seen at that young age. Right. Uh, it's surely not as explicit of language. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> that was back in my good old innocent days. Back in the innocence of of the six to seven year old range and now we're just yeah, the, seventeen the, the, and fucking this the six year old sheltered kid who sat around and played Pokemon all day has taken a dive to what I am today and it's just glorious. But and, uh, life goes on. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I really wish as a kid I would have, you know, because I, you know, I can't even remember what I, what I played as a kid, because I think my first gaming console was actually, 
I think it was the Wii. No, it was the PlayStation 2. Because I remember playing Jam Pack, uh, Jam Pack 5 on the PlayStation yeah. 2. And all I would play is the Narnia, the Chronicles of Narnia uh, demo. Because that's all Jam Pack was. It was just a bunch of game demos. Yeah. So, but that was my first gaming experience. And I really wish I, I would have ever gotten into Nintendo. I don't remember exactly which gaming console was my first. It was either my grandma's Sega Genesis, um, my N64, or um, my PlayStation 2. One of those was my first uh, all-time gaming experience, which it was it was quite enjoyable. And believe it or not, I still had the stupid explosive temper of being extremely terrible at video games back then, too. It was just hysterical. You know. Yeah. See, oh, and uh, Star Wars Battlefront was another one I always played on my PS2. That was that was always a lot oh, of fun. Battle, Battle, Battlefront Two uh, was the one I played. It was a it was a very good game, but I never was able to play it um, online. So I just yeah. played the the story mode a stupid amount of times over and over and over again. Yeah, see, I would I always I play. Played, uh, continue. Sorry. I yeah. See, I would always play Galactic Conquest. I I because I played the story a couple times, but I was too young to know what was going on. So I just so oh, playing Star Wars. Yeah. But you know, I I usually just play Galactic Conquest, and I it was by far one of my favorite games of all time. I think I did end up like one hundred percenting every single aspect of Battlefront, other than the multiplayer. Because I just literally would delve into the entire game and play all of it. I went into every single menu and just played every single possible option. Some's I hated and some were okay, but I just kind of played all of it. You know, you know, right, and that's why I really, I'm, I'm depressed with the new Battlefront. Because it had so much potential to go off of that I'm, I'm just depressed on how much of a shit it took. I mean, it it wasn't that bad of a game, if I'm honest. It it, it did have a, a good Battlefield um, feel to it. So if you enjoy Battlefield, you'll likely enjoy Battlefront. I just didn't like how they had um, weapons that were stupid overpowered compared to everything else. And if you were using that, you'd guaranteed have a good game and outclass um, any other gun. I don't know. Yeah. I had the worst experience. Because day one, I went to the midnight launch of Battlefront. I... Stayed up all night, I installed it, wait for it to install, went to school the next day, came home, sat down in front of my TV, popped, you know, popped Battlefront back in, and I, yeah. I went to play it, and I, you know, spent the whole day, can't connect the server, yeah. and I spent the first, that's how I spent the first two weeks, and I said, fuck it, you know, I'm gonna just gonna go trade this back in at GameStop, and I'm gonna get, you know, whatever the new, I think it was Black Ops, this is what I traded it in for, and then I just spent the extra, like, 30 or 40 bucks to buy Black Ops. Because it, yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. even worth it. Because as much as I love Star Wars, and don't get me wrong, Star Wars is by far my favorite franchise of all time, and I but, just didn't have yeah. a good experience. And then when I went to go play on Xbox, there was, you know, everyone was, you know, rank 80, rank 90, rank 100. And I'm just like, you know what, it's not even worth it. You know, I got it for, yeah. like, a couple bucks, so fucking... Yeah. But uh, that is a, a terrible issue that you weren't even able to actually connect to the game itself, which that by far would ruin the game completely for me. Right. And when it's free with EA Access, I bet you I will play it. But until then, I'm not dropping another cent to Star Wars Battlefront. Or I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. EA Star Wars Battlefront. Because it's not Battlefront, it's EA's Battlefront. 
Which, I mean, EA did uh, an alright job with a few games that's out there. Yeah, I mean, Battlefield 1, Battlefield 4, they, you know, they're amazing games in their own respect, because, you know, DICE does, DICE does a hell of a job with games, but when they turn to EA for their servers, it's like, well, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. So, but I, I, I have to uh, wonder how many people had the same issue as you. I, I, I think it was a lot because whenever I would get on like Reddit or something, trying just you know getting on a forum to see if I couldn't find a way to fix the issue. Yeah. I there were a good amount of people chiming in on the issue, and not so. many solutions to fix it. I assume. Right. There was one that worked one time, and that's it. Now, now, do you think that's a, a bug with the servers, or just them not working for a select few amount of people? That I think that's just their servers not working. Because, I mean, I, I feel like it wouldn't be the excuse of the servers were really overloaded, and it was just too much to handle, because, you know, um, <coughs> that would... Uh, that would make it not work for anybody um, for at least an hour instead of forever, you know. Right. But so I, I don't know. I don't know, but Battlefield One is good. I, I've never, I haven't had an issue with Battlefield except for one time when their servers completely went down. My only issue with Battlefield One is I'm terrible at it. <laughs> that, that's that's my only complaint, and it's not even. A developer complaint, it's a user complaint, because I'm bad at video games. Yeah, I mean, not everyone can be Dark Souls, like you. Well, I mean, heck, even Dark Souls, it, it takes me hours upon hours just to make any shred of progress. We are basically just giving away our top five list, sprinkled out throughout this episode. Well, that that's to be hap that's just going to kind of happen with... Yeah. Random conversation, though. That's to be had. So, but anyway. But it's it's not like it's that big of an issue because we'll just go into detail once uh, the time comes. Yeah. I really want to play Titanfall too, though. That's another game I'm really excited to play before the end of the year. I have mixed feelings on Titanfall two because although Titanfall one was fun, first person shooters really have never been um, my cup of tea. Right, and that's to be understood. So. I mean, I, I definitely know that it, it, it is a good game, but if I was better at having the fast maneuvers needed to play the game relatively well, then I'd probably enjoy it um, a little bit more. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I just, I enjoyed Titanfall 1 so much that I, I feel like I'm going to enjoy Titanfall 2. But I, yeah. I did, when I was listening to the Rumble Pack, which I'm actually very fond of listening to, they are... The pod, the go-to podcast, that or the beta podcast, sponsored. not a sponsored. Wish to be partnered. Yeah, so, it, but, it would be an experience. It would. It'd be a lot of fun. But anyway, but they were saying that uh, there, there are a few things that uh, didn't carry over from the first game. The uh, like the remember in the the first Titanfall, the animation when you get into your Titan, the um. Yeah, you would you would slide you like if you were running at it from like you were sprinting at it from behind you'd slide under the titan it'd grab you and then stick you in its chest hole. I, I was it, never able to get that animation. If really? I'm completely on it. Yeah, I was never able to get it. Or I like, even tried to get it for 
like four titans. I I attempted to get it, and I still just could not manage it. Hmm. Well, the, apparently it cuts to third person. You get slapped in your titan, and you just shoot back to first person. I actually have not watched anything on Titanfall 2. I'm just going word of mouth. I feel like the cut into third person could add to a little bit of lag. Uh, yeah. You know. But. So. The, you know, Titanfall 2, it seems like it's going to be a, a fun experience. But I, I'm yeah. just I'm just afraid that it's going to lose its shine after a while. Well, of course, if if they keep adding content like um, some games do, then there wouldn't be a problem. Because right. Titanfall 1 had a ton of DLCs that were kind of mandatory to play the game right, at, that, at the point of that was another uh, the thing, time we got it. That was another thing I wanted to mention, though. They, they're doing the same thing Overwatch is doing and making all their DLC free be, just because of that reason. Because you got screwed on the... Uh, you got screwed with the DLC, and you couldn't play with other people. Like, if you had friends that had the DLC, you were just kind of shit out of luck if you had your... You know, your friend had it, and you didn't. You basically just couldn't play together. And then you'd have... Like, if you bought the DLC and not everyone else did, you'd have a tough time finding a game. So... Yeah. They could have done it like uh, Black Ops Black Ops does, where if you have the DLC but your friend doesn't, then you just were not physically able to play in that game mode. Which is a very good uh, mechanic when it comes to finding servers and such. It made it easier on the entire community as a whole. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like Titanfall is going to be a, an interesting experience for me, since it, it's definitely a very cool game, but still, first-person shooters aren't aren't my biggest cup of tea. Right. I, I, over Overwatch and Battlefield. God 1, damn it. They're 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 good. Uh, they're good ones. That was the one thing I was trying to avoid talking about was Overwatch, because really? I feel like we we're going to talk about Overwatch so much. In the top five podcast, so. Oh well, then we can we can skip on it. It's okay. But yeah, to be continued. Overwatch chatting. So. Alright, well, I feel like we're hitting a wall here. So if you want to, if you want to talk about the Firewatch spoilers, now would be the time for you listeners that don't want to hear about it. it. Would be now the time to click off. And thanks for sticking with us for this long. Sorry, it hasn't been the most entertaining podcast. It's kind of hard to just bounce off one another. So. And it is our first podcast, so we have room for improvement. So thank you for listening, and now beginning with the Firewatch spoilers. Um, I think how we should do our over or Firewatch is take turns talking about beginning, middle, and end with our dialogue choices and such stuff like that, due to the fact that I think we might have had a very different play experience through it. Well, everything in the game, though, because I found out, because I got stuck at one point, so I had to look up a guide. The uh, the dialogue all roots to the same thing, for the most Which part. Which is true, but the responses and the experience that you have yourself could always vary from person. It's definitely not as diverse as Until Dawn was, but it's still... Right, you know, which I still wish I had the chance to play. But Apparently uh, it's a very interesting game. Until Dawn is. Yeah, I've seen playthrough. I've watched, I think I watched either Markiplier or someone playthrough or Jacksepticeye. Yeah, I think I've watched every single aspect of playthroughs for that game, honestly. So it would just be so kind of a it, wasted time for you to play through it? Yeah, it, it wouldn't be worth it for me to play through it, especially because um, me and a slasher flick uh, probably would result in the death of everybody near to me, so uh, yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, see, I, the thing is though, I don't remember the uh, the dialogue that much of the game because I just I remember the the key points of dialogue. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, like I was right about to say I remember most of the key points, but you know the bigger things that happened, but I don't remember every little nook and cranny detail. Yeah. So I'll just if you just want to talk, I'll just bounce off your thoughts. So. Yeah. Um, but my experience with Firewatch, it was a very interesting thing because it, it really felt like, uh, you and Delilah, the, the girl that you're talking to in it, were really connecting on a level, even though it was, you know, all of your dialogue was through a walkie-talkie, and you never actually get to see any other humans except for the person who picks you up at the end of the game when your shift is over for the summer. You know? Yeah. So the the lack of human contact makes you feel very solitary, solitary, <clears throat> which is good for some people um, if you enjoy that type of thing. But if you don't um, enjoy being stuck in the middle of the woods all by yourself, with the only thing protecting you is a walkie-talkie, then uh, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, see, I I liked the fact that you never saw any other face in the game. The most you see is a silhouette, and I really thought that was a nice touch because you you're alone. The only uh, yeah. the only figure you ever see is yourself. Which I mean, from a first person point of view too. So it's right. uh, to an extent. Of course, there's the picture on the desk um, that even has your wife's face blurred out on it. They they don't even have her face on it. I don't know if you yeah. looked at it or not. I, I looked look at, at it. it. I looked at it, but I was. So damn tired because it was two in the morning and I was just like, oh, picture. Oh, I look because all I looked at was I looked at myself and I saw that you, your wife was right there. So I thought, oh, okay, your wife's right there. Okay, got it. Moving on to the next part. I'm tired. Let's go. Yeah, I feel like it's a game that you'll enjoy better if you are like wide awake and taking in every single detail. Right. Because it's definitely a detail-oriented game. Yeah. The, the thing is, though, I had the toughest time finding the axe. I, I probably hunted because that's where I got stuck, and I had to watch a. Uh, I had to watch a guide. It was just in a tree, though, nearby. Yeah, and I, I didn't even think to look because I'd walked by it like fifty thousand times. Yeah, you definitely have to be aware of your surroundings in that game, and like I said uh, uh, already, know how to read a map and a compass. It helps a lot. Yeah, the ending though, I feel like because the the one kid Brian Goodwin, his I, f I feel like they they really they uh they underplayed what his story could have been like because I you know obviously he was dead in the game and these are spoiler talks so I'm not even worried about it but that you you obviously knew he was gonna be dead if you were well, gonna no, I actually had zero idea that he was gonna be found dead really I genuinely thought just him and his dad left for. That was the end of their shift. They left, and he didn't want to risk getting in trouble again. Oh. Uh, the, running the risk of getting in trouble. Because Delilah said multiple times that had he been caught with his son, he'd have been fired and problems would have been had. Yeah, is I feel like they were... Uh, I feel like they were heavily hinting at the fact that he was dead. Because, yeah. oh, we don't know what happened to him. I haven't heard from him in years. But... Yeah. But, I mean, if you get to, to where I was about the, um, what was it, um, to his fort, 
Um, I don't know if you did, but I know I looked at every single detail of that fort just so I could get a more dialogue and be more understanding of what actually happened. Yeah, I I, I did. I picked up most of it, but there are a few things I just didn't bother. It was it was very tedious to get all of it. Yeah. So. Like I I didn't bother with the wall because like I said I was really tired and I was just kind of trying to go to bed. Because, yeah. like, like we said earlier, you know, that's not a game you can just kind of put down. Not easily, at least. Right. Because it does just kind of suck you in and let make you want to play it constantly all the way through. Exactly. Because it makes you want to know what's going to happen. Yeah, it was overall very, very enjoyable experience. Um. Yeah, but it, it wasn't... I wouldn't say it was fun. I would say it is uh, more of an interesting experience, similar to reading a good book. You know. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It, it was it was a very it was a an in, interesting experience to say the least. And I, I would definitely yeah. agree to say it was more like a good book. It, it's worth picking up, if I'm honest. Yeah. But all right, that seems like a good place to stop. So, uh, yeah. So if you if you guys uh, have any. Uh, any thoughts, any uh, complaints, comments, concerns, uh, you can hit me up on my Twitter, at Jay and Jiffy. And, uh, yeah, we still have to get the uh, the rest of the crew on. We got Moody, Cole, uh, Bridge, and Anthony still yet to get on. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for you know sticking through it this long, and uh, thanks for tuning in to the Little Piece of Paper Podcast. This is John and Alec signing off. Thanks for listening, everyone.